This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And even though it all went wrong, I stand before the Lord in song with nothing on my tongue. Today's Moranalytics podcast. I have one of my favorite contestants ever on any of the reality TV singing shows, Matthew Schuler, season five finalist from The Voice. He's going to be my guest. We talk about him growing up near Philly, why he decided to audition for the show, what it felt like to have the fastest four chair turnaround in the history of the show, a record that still stands to this day why he decided on Christina Aguilera to be his coach over Adam Blake or CeeLo, some of the songs that he chose, if they were his decision or others, lots of inside details, what it's like to be on The Voice. Great interview, great person, and one of the more talented singers I've ever heard in my life. I have that for you coming up. Before that, though, real quick, today's episode of the Moranalytics podcast is brought to you by Paul Cellular. Pulse Cellular was created to give a better option for everyone out there looking for premium wireless phone service for less cost with straightforward plans, no strings attached, no confusing fine print, none of the BS that you get with a lot of other carriers. They got you covered nationwide in the United States with unlimited talk and text with premium 
fast LTE data plans, hotspot coverage at no additional cost in all 50 states, including the Caribbean, Canada, and Mexico. Plans also include unlimited free Wi-Fi calls internationally when calling U.S. lines. There are no credit checks. There are no contracts. There's no overage costs. Again, no BS. Go visit PulseCellular.com. See what they have to offer. You'll find out for yourself that life is better with Pulse. And on that note, let's do it. Let's do it. If you're a loser, tune in and you'll be a winner. It's the Moranalytics Podcast. Talking Buffalo sports, Yankees, WWE, 80s music, and pop culture. And now, here's your host, Patrick Moran. All right, podcast fans, what's going on? How you doing? What's up? Welcome to episode 130 of the More Analytics Podcast, presented by Pulse Cellular. Today is Friday, June 21st. Thank you, as always, for listening, for downloading. If you have not yet subscribed to this future award-winning podcast, please go ahead and do so. By the way, before we get into today's episode, want to let you know that we do have that prize pack giveaway. You can win three free t-shirts, Buffalo-themed t-shirts. They're awesome shirts, courtesy of our friends at Identity Inc. To win them, all you got to do is go to my Twitter, at Pamaran Tweets. I'll drop that in the show notes as well. Go to my Twitter, pinned right at the very top is a tweet about the prize pack giveaway. All you got to do is like the tweet and then subscribe to this podcast. If you already are subscribed, chances are you are, which you should be because this podcast is awesome unsubscribe and then subscribe again and you could win again three cool buffalo themed t-shirts don't have to live in buffalo you can live wherever they'll ship them to you courtesy of our good friends over at identity inc as for today's episode man i am pumped i am excited i got a little energy a little more energy than normal a little pep in my step this is if you're a regular listener of this podcast you already know that primarily This is a sports podcast. I have athletes on or sports media people, buddies, and we talk sports. That's what we do. It's fun. I love it. I'm a sports guy. I'll always be that, and that's never going to change. But every now and then, I kind of like to throw a curveball, a change-up, if you will, and do something a little different. Today is going to be one of those episodes. A few weeks ago, I had on Elliot Yamin, who was a finalist on season five of American Idol. And I was a big fan of his on the show. Very excited to have him on. Very nervous to have him on. Only because I'm, you know, I'm used to interviewing athletes and sports media people, but not musicians, not people who've been on TV and sing and do stuff like that. But anyway, I was nervous about it, how it would go over, stuff like that. But it couldn't have been better, man. He was awesome. Elliot was really cool. And the reaction and the feedback that I got from fans was awesome too. So on that note, I have on my favorite reality TV contestant ever from The Voice. Season five finalist Matthew Schuler is going to join me. And I'm not just saying 
that he's my favorite ever because he's on the show today. I'm telling you right now, legit, he was my favorite ever. Just absolutely blown away by him. Blown away. And I wasn't the only one. So were the judges. The fastest four-chair turnaround ever in the history of the show. I think there's been 17 seasons now. Never has anyone went up there on stage, auditioned, and had four coaches turn around faster than they did for Matthew Schuler. That just, it blows me away, man. I'm a reality TV singing guy. I just am. I love the shows. I love music. I love watching people sing and perform. It's fun. And it's also something that me and my wife bond over. You know, typically I am a TV comedy guy. I like the sitcoms. While my wife likes to watch the dramas, when we get a chance to watch TV, they're usually separate shows and we don't watch a lot of stuff together. But shows like The Voice and American Idol, those are exceptions. We watch them together. We watch people perform. We give our critiques like we're one of the judges. It's just, it's a lot of fun. And people like Matthew Schuler are the reason why those shows are a lot of fun to watch. He's, he was just phenomenal. And having athletes on the show and sports media people on the show is, is great. It's always a thrill for me. But you kind of get used to it after a while. You know, the stories. It's not the same with, with singers. I, I don't know a lot of singers. I haven't been able to, to learn a lot about them. So when I get an opportunity to have somebody on like Matthew, who is going to tell us what it's like, what that feeling is like in that moment when you got people like Christina Aguilera, Adam Levine, Blake Shelton, CeeLo, some four of the biggest music icons in the world literally fighting over you to get you on their team as their coach. I want to know what that's like. I want to know what that feels like. You know, the song process, everything that goes into the show. And Matthew does take us inside the show, like in terms of getting songs cleared. He talks about a couple songs that he would have liked to have sing on the show that were not cleared. Stuff like that, just the production schedule. There's just so much that goes into a show like that as somebody like me who's a fan of it that I want to know more about. So I couldn't think of anyone better than Matthew Schuler to have on the show. Really excited about it. And by the way, one last thing here, besides being a fantastic singer, and I'm going to put some clips of some of the YouTube performances in the show notes here, just in case you haven't heard him perform. If you hear him perform, I promise you, you'll get a lot more excited about this interview than you might be before ever having heard him sing. But anyway, besides being a fantastic singer, what a great person he is, man. Wow. Well-spoken, very humble, very religious, very faith-based, just a positive person positive person. You could just tell spending time with him, those positive vibes that he, that he, that he projects. It's contagious. It really is. And, uh, it was a big thrill to talk to him. We went on for almost an hour. We probably, I could have went for five hours. He had to leave and he had to go to an event at some point, but it was just a great interview with a great person, a very talented singer. So anyway, not going to waste any more time here at the top. Let's get down to business. Here it is. My interview with season five Finalist from The Voice, Matthew Schuler. All right, boys and girls, my guest today was a finalist on season five of The Voice in 2013. During his audition, he had the fastest four-chair turnaround in the history of The Voice and ultimately chose Christina Aguilera to be his coach. He's widely regarded as one of the best singers 
on the history of the show. You ain't going to get an argument out of me because I fully agree with that. I am talking about my guy, Matthew Schuler. What's going on, Matthew? How you doing, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Pat? I'm doing well, man. I'm glad Happy to have to you. Here. I'm glad to have you on the show. We've been trying to hook up for a while, and it's finally our schedules kind of coincided that we could do this. This is typically, and you know this, we've talked about this, typically a sports podcast. I've only had one non-sports episode on before, right, like right. L.A. I mean, from Idol. You're the first person that I've ever had on from The Voice, and I wouldn't have anyone else besides you on, man. I'm really excited <laughs> to have you on today. I know I'm kind of being a fanboy a little bit, but I was a fan of yours on the show, so I'm a little more excited about it this than, than a normal episode. Oh, man, Pat, I appreciate that, dude. I mean, honestly, it's it's it was such a crazy experience, and, and I've been so blessed, man, to be able to do what I love. And You know, my time on The Voice, was it was intense, bro. Like, nothing prepares you for, for reality TV. Sure. <laughs> and I, we're going to talk plenty about that. Let me ask you one question, though, before we get going. And I'm going to kind of keep the same format that I do with most my athlete and media guests. But you're a singer, all right? And I deal, I work at sports, and I'm always talking to athletes. And it's just like nothing to me. But when I get an opportunity to talk to a musician or an actor, something like that, I always kind of turn into to a fanboy, so to speak. And it's kind of like that with singers. Like, you're around other singers. It's like, all right, well, cool. But it's like it seems like every singer wants to be an athlete or a movie star, mm. just like every movie star or athlete wants to be a singer. Do you know what I'm saying? You kind of feel that correlation? No, definitely. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm a fan of Drake and he actually makes that exact same reference. He's like, yo, the, the sports stars and, and the musicians, like we want to be them and they want to be us. It's funny, man. I mean, like you, you, everything in life kind of is a competition. And I think sports is, it's like, it's funny. Sports is almost like, the the modern way of like warfare in in our in our country right between the states you know it's the way that you know we we have our colors we have our teams we have our chant songs like i'm a philly dude so obviously the eagles are my team bro i bleed green you know but like that competitive spirit bro it it runs through everything we do especially in america man you know we're 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 the land of of opportunity the land of the fight and the land of the free so i think it's it's something that's just inherent, you know, because, I mean, obviously, the the popular music industry, it's mainly, you know, here in America, everyone wants to break in America first. You know, it's very competitive. And I think, you know, the same way that sports are, it's it's something that's, that's just kind of ingrained in the, in the industry. You mentioned Philly. You grew up out just outside of Philly, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, yeah. grew up with music and church. How old were you when you first realized that you could sing? Was it very young? Or you just realized I got a really good voice, or maybe if you didn't think that, someone else did right away. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I feel like I was maybe around like twelve or so when I when I started like singing in church with with um my mom. She pulled me aside once because we had like kind of a kids choir at, at my, my dad's church. Um, I started like we we came out of my my grandfather's church in South Philadelphia um consolation baptist church you know just all that you know the pentecostal like all that stuff like a lot of high energy energy stuff high energy preaching high energy music all that and um and yeah it's like that kind of just in embodied itself within me you know that 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 type of of, of energy and, and and just like being able to put that through music it's it's such a powerful thing i think my mom she kind of took me aside and, and noticed that i had a gift you know aside like my brother and sister like they sing as well. I come from a singing family, man. My aunts and uncles, like all of them, they, everybody sings. But my mom, you know, she she noticed something in me because her voice, bro, 
is just wild. Like she's yeah. she's like a super soprano, you know. Like you get like <laughs> Diana Ross, like Whitney Houston notes, man. So so she, you know, growing up, I I would I would watch her and and um yeah, you know, she she kind of told me to to really start, you know, honing it and and, and singing more and. You know, there was obviously music playing in the house all the time, whether it was, you know, the old stuff like Michael Jackson, you know, the Temptations and, you know, all that stuff. My dad, he would always like he he loved to sing, too. And he had like like groups when he was growing up singing. And obviously my mom, like growing up, my grandpa's church singing. So it's it was funny, man. Like we were always singing and family functions, whatever it was. And and just, you know, maybe around the age of 12 is, is when I started doing it. Um, like really, really pursuing it. I, the first time I sang outside of church was what I think a few years later, my eighth grade talent show in, in, in middle school. And like, it was wild, man. Like everyone was like, yo, can I get your autograph when you're famous? Like, oh, so, like it, was, it was, it was wild, man. You know, like it's like being, being validated that way. Like something that I thought, you know, I don't know. I was like, all right, maybe I'm okay at this. But then, you know, people started, you know, I guess, really pushing me and, and, and encouraging me to, to, to jump into it a little more seriously. Well, that's really cool that you come from a singing family of a singing family that sounds like they can actually sing. Like I come from a singing family, <laughs> but we all suck that don't, you know, you can be a singing family. That doesn't mean you sing good though. You know what I'm saying? Um, or if you like, <laughs> or a few of your favorite like music artists and influences that you can remember as a young kid, maybe people that you wanted to emulate as you got older. I would have to say Michael was the guy for me, man. Yeah. Like I, I just, his music was timeless, you know, and, and, and seeing him, like he had a, like, a little, when I was younger, like, I don't know, like a little kid, like maybe like five or six, like my cousins, they would, they would sometimes pick on me because my voice was, they said my voice was so high. They would like say, I sounded like super Mario, like, like, Hey, it's Mario. Like, yo, <laughs> like literally. And and like, that was like my speaking voice as a, as a little kid. So like looking at Michael, you know, and, and the Jackson five and stuff, he, he had a really high register, man. And I kind of, I, I kind of like maintained that through. Right, even even like you know through puberty, like my my, my right. vocal range and even my speaking voice, you know, it's, it can be a little a little higher, which is which is cool, man. I mean, I, I like being able to hit the high notes, you know, and, and and it's more emotive for me, you know. Like I just I can just belt, and a lot of that is also my mom because she can just she can I I don't even know, man. She can hold a note for I don't even know how long. Like <laughs> she's literally like some people have have actually been sent well it's kind of crazy she actually sent somebody to the hospital once she had a, a note so i really and it, it was it was in a church service like this woman like, i mean she just she felt the spirit man and she like i mean she, we, she, she's okay like the woman she's she, she's fine like we, we found out but like literally they, they had to take her to, to the hospital like she like had i don't, I don't know it's like it was just the emotions were so high and you know, wow. she, she had to get checked in, but, but I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Like, so yeah. I don't know, man, like, uh, yeah, Michael, he's, he's, he was the guy. So let's talk about school for a second here, man. You went to Bucks County Community College and later Westchester University. When you first went to college, what were your plans? Did you have any non-music plans or did you 100% know that your adulthood was going to be centered on a music career? Man, man, that's really interesting. Uh, a good question. I feel like um, I I was going for business for one. I, I went for um for business administration when I was at uh, Bucks County Community College, and then and in Westchester, um, 
because my my dream was to actually always start my own record label you know i feel like it was still it was music centered you know but i right. kind of i wanted to be uh, I, I never really wanted um music to be like my only thing i never wanted to be just a one trick pony you know i wanted my music almost to to be an avenue to do other things you know sure. in business and 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 in, in in the art realm you know to be able to um sign other talent that that were like minded and you know wanted to make you know yeah, it's good, uplifting, you know, positive music, you know, for the culture, you know, to to, to bring people together. Um, that was like kind of kind of always my goals. It was it was more than just um just me, but I think you know I wanted to create a community around my music. So I was going for business so I could learn, I don't know how to you know make myself a business and then you know start you know being able to open doors for other people. Um, but yeah, I feel it was at the end of the day, it was still always kind of music focus you know and and then you know obviously like through, through through studying business being able to you know project my career and 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 learn how to you know like not just get swindled by people in the industry you know right, <laughs> so I can, sure. I can have, and it happens have, all you know, the time little, yeah. it does man you know and so so it, it's cool man I've, I've learned a lot and and just a lot a lot in regular life experience you know since the voice as well but but yeah i've, I've always kind of had a, a business mindset my dad he's he's a businessman so i grew up watching him like on, on top of you know being the pastor of our church he um he did sales for for pharmaceutical companies uh what i think cereal and celebrex and what what else uh, procter and gamble like he did you know all this stuff so he's he's a salesman you know right. at heart so so i kind of i feel like i got a little bit of that from him but you know just understanding how to how to make a business out of your passion that was always my goal i never wanted to to just um be stuck in in a cubicle not doing something that i loved so i want to talk about your dad in a little bit down the road in this interview because i thought he had one of the coolest reactions and moments that i've ever seen <laughs> on the voice i'll get to that in a few minutes but before that all right so let's fast forward a little bit from school it's it's 2013 the year that everything changed for you because of The Voice. And I want to go kind of semi-chronological here. First and foremost, what made you decide that you wanted to audition for The Voice to begin with? Man, um, yeah, I think it, it really kind of stemmed from, from, from what I was just talking about, like not wanting to, to be stuck at a dead-end job, you know, doing something I didn't love with my life. I... I loved, I, you know, I, I loved the school that I was at. I was involved in a lot of, um, you know, on-campus activities and, and obviously like business was, was my passion, but I felt like I wasn't totally sure what I would do with it. You know, when I graduated or, or, or when I finished, I wasn't like I was doing it, but I wasn't, you know, exactly sure how everything was going to pan out. Right. But, um, and you know, it's, it's easy, you know, you can just get in the flow of things and then lose yourself. You know, and I just, I just didn't want to do that. I'd feel like I'd, I'd seen too many narratives, you know, that ended that way, you know, whether it was, you know, friends that were older than me or, you know, people that just, they just didn't love what they did. And and I felt like I didn't want that to happen to me. Yeah, <laughs> so right. I, so I think my, um, my biggest drive for, for doing it was, was just knowing that I love music, knowing that I love to write, I love to sing, I love to perform. And, um, and different artists that I was listening to at the time, like uh, guys like Ed Sheeran, which, you know, which crazy, he when I was on the show, he ended up being one of the mentors, you know, for, for, for my team, for team Christina, which was just wild. So it was like just a handpick blessing for me, but just looking, looking at his story, um, he, um, you know, he, he, he left, uh, home at 16 and, and started, you know, just busking on street corners, playing every literally, I, I don't even know how many, I think he might've played like 300 shows plus, you know, a, a, a year just so he could, you know, get his name out there. He really just, 
he put in the hard work, you know, so, and, and he did it while he was young, you know, and I thought, all right, if I really want to, to, to start a career, I, I got to start as soon as possible. I'm going to start now, you know, while I'm young. So, so I thought, you know, uh, it was in between semesters at uh, Westchester when I saw, you know, the finale for, for, for the fall season of the voice. And I was like, wow, this show's really, really cool. I mean, I'd heard about it, but I didn't really, I didn't, I hadn't really watched too much of it. Honestly, I, I grew up more watching American Idol. It was just kind of funny. And all my friends, like, growing up, they were like, yo, dude, you should go to American Idol one day. Right. But I, yeah. I never really thought, you know, I would end up auditioning and, and, and being successful on, on one of these, you know, reality scene competition shows. But, um, but yeah, I, I went and auditioned uh, that that February um, in the winter and, you know, just kept going <laughs> and doors kept opening. And What was yeah. that process like for you? I had, we talked about Elliot at the top. I heard him on a few weeks ago and he talked about having an audition basically three times for various producers over the course of two full yeah. months before he ended up auditioning in front of Simon, Randy and Paula on TV was Ending up on the TV audition for you, was that quick or was that a long process? Was it kind of more to the same? Like, how many times did you have to sing in front of other people before you had the chance to go and, and sing in front of the judges that ended up on TV? Or was it a quick process for you? Yeah, actually, it's um, it was pretty much the, the same for me Um, as, as with Elliot. I had uh, three auditions before I actually got to like the blind audition that you see on television. Yeah. Like when, when you do audition for the show, there's, there's a few options, people that have a, f- a few more connections in the industry, you can get a private audition and then you kind of skip, you know, a few of those phases. But, but I, I went to the, to the open, the, the cattle call in New York. Um, in fact, I think there were maybe 10,000 people there that wow. weekend. And, and honestly, man, it was crazy. Cause I, I didn't even feel like I did that good in my audition it's it's wild i mean i i understand like like you know now and in hindsight like they when you're auditioning for the show you know they they it's a reality tv show like that's that's that you know they 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 do it for ratings they want to have a story they want something that's gonna you know inspire others that's that's why the show has been so successful it's you know the only reality singing competition shows that's won multiple emmy awards right and i think it's, it's because they focus so much on uh on finding people that they can develop a story with um, and so I was, I was rough around the edges, honestly. I mean, I, I was saying, you know, it was, it was a passion of mine, but I still had room to grow. And I think that was maybe one of the reasons why I was selected for the show. But, um, but yeah, I had, uh, you know, the open call audition, then, then we had callbacks and then we performed for the, they flew us out to, to Los Angeles to perform for the producers of the show. And then, you know, finally we, you know, we got to the, to the blind audition process and, you know, they, they filmed our, you know, our backstories and stuff for me, my, like they, did a little bit of stuff here in, in my hometown over here in, uh, in Yardley, Pennsylvania. They filmed me playing rugby because I played rugby at Westchester. And, you know, my old job, I, I was, um, I working at, at Einstein's bagels, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm at a bagel shop and, you know, and then our church, you know, was, was in our basement at the time. So yeah. And they, they came back and they filmed my story. It was, it was really cool, man. I mean, the process was lengthy, but I feel like it gave, um, it gave me a little bit of insight into into how much goes into into these television shows. Is know, there a little bit of luck out. involved in that? I mean, later on, once you get on TV, the talent always rises to the top. But to get to that point where you get to be on TV, sometimes there could be some luck involved in it. You could be, I've heard stories, there's some incredible singers who've had very successful careers that never even got to sing in front of the, the, the main judges like on American Idol in the past and stuff like that because they sang for a producer who might have been already looking for a certain type of singer. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to have a little bit of luck early on to get that opportunity 
to get to sing in front of the producers and then ultimately the judges. And when you're on TV, and at that point, it's about talent. But I, I feel like there's a little bit of luck sometimes, at least anyway, at the very beginning. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's, it's definitely just being in the right place at the right time. You know, you just happen to be what what they're looking for at, at that moment. And, and you know, you, you just have to be ready you know you have to be prepared you know and 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 if you do well and you just happen to be what, what they're looking for yeah then you know it, it works in your favor so I how do you think it's, it's how do you keep your that. nerves in check man when you're about to audition on television you're singing in front of it's one thing to say <laughs> i get nervous man if i'm singing karaoke in front of like 10 people at a bar you know what i'm saying <laughs> you're sitting there you got a package that you know is going to be on tv and you're about to sing in front of Adam Levine and Blake Shelton, Christina Aguilera, CeeLo, you know, not to mention an audience, TV cameras and everything else all around. How do you get yourself into a good place mentally where you're able to block that out and focus on the performance that you're going to give? Yeah, man. I'd, honestly, there, like, there were nerves. I will not lie, um, sure. especially the, the bond audition phase. Um, well, man, I, you know, a lot of my church background comes into play there. You know, a lot of prayer. You know, I, I believe that you know, God, he's, he's given me the gifts, you know, to use for, for his glory. So I, I try to put all the pressure on him and be like, listen, right. Lord, if you put me in this situation, I need you to do something. Like I can't, I can't do this on my own, you know, and, and, and really, you know, him, uh, you know, scripture says that, you know, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, you know? And, and, and I believe that, you know, that I can overcome anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, and, and trusting in, in my faith, man, has, has been the thing that, that solidifies me, you know, on the show. And then, you know, in, in, in my career presently, you know, I, when I was on the show, it was, it was intense. I really had to, you know, really buckle down and, 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 and work hard, but, but also, you know, have faith that, that, you know, that I could do it, you know, through, through, you know, through sure. God and just his, you know, his guidance, honestly, because it's a lot, it's a lot for, for a kid to handle. I, I just, you know, I was, well, 20, I just, I turned 21 on the show. So it was, it was a lot, man. You know, That's so what I, I'm saying. And I, I mean, I wasn't, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I know it came off as being funny, but when I said I'll get nervous singing in front of 10 people at a karaoke bar, like I can't imagine <laughs> the pressure internally that must be going racing through your mind. You know, what's coming now. You you're talented. I'm not. So there's a big difference, but hey, it's still, it's the nerves. Different ways. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll give you that. Man. So your audition uh, song, your audition song, it's cough syrup by young, the giant kind of obscure song, at least in pop stream, pop mainstream circles. Anyway, before we talk about how much you slayed that song, I wanted to ask you, you only get one shot. Okay. Again, you're in front of four of the biggest artists in this world. What made you decide to choose that song? One in the choosing that song. Yeah, you know, um, it's funny. Young the Giant was, you know, I, I graduated high school in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and Young the Giant was like, was a band that I just fell in love with, you know, right around that time. They, um, like, Cough Sherry had come out, I, th- I think that, that summer in 2011. Um, and they had performed at, I think, the MTV Movie Awards. They didn't perform Cough Sherry, they played a different song off their record. But, yo, they crushed it, man. And I was just like, yo, this is super dope, high-energy alternative band from Cali, like they're, they're just a bunch of young cats like out here doing it. And and I fell in love with the band, you know, from 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 then from then on. 
Um, and yeah, they, you know, when, when we when we're selecting our songs for for the blind audition process, like they have certain songs, and even after that, um, that are cleared and that we can't. Like some songs, you just like artists will not let you sing. So like, so it was it was it was a blessing that I saw Young the Giant on there, and I'm like, oh wow, for real? Like I get to I get to like I can choose this one. Can I have this one? And yeah, they they were like, yeah. Um, and so I um. You know, it was really interesting. I wanted to definitely make the song my own. So I, I can't even remember, man, how many voice memos I had, I had recorded, like trying to figure out different arrangements, you know, how to sing the song. Um, until, you know, when I was with the band uh, that that played with us, you know, the, the backing, the voice band is excellent. They're, they're amazing. Like the best band on TV, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, the band director, uh, Paul Markovich, you know, we kind of had, had the ideas like, yo, why don't you? Well, the, the, like the biggest moment in the song like the the you know the the part that that kind of has that shows off a little bit my higher register is in uh the pre-chorus of the song where it's like if i can find a way to see this straight i run away to some fortune you know and so they're like well why don't you you know the show's the voice why don't you just do that part a cappella? just start the song like that and you know i'm sure it'll it'll, it'll grab the coach's attention so I took his advice. And, oh, it was a good decision. And, I'll tell you that. And, and, oh, it sure was, man. <laughs> I, you I, man. literally had the fastest four-chair turn in voice history with that song. You're a few seconds in, okay? All four chairs are turned. The beat hasn't even kicked in yet. All four <laughs> chairs already are turned. This is what I wanted to ask you. Obviously, there's a lot going through your mind. You're focused on your song, but you have to notice that right away that all the chairs are turned. <laughs> Did that kind of blow you away? Maybe to the point that you had to be a little bit careful not to let that become a distraction that all four turned around that fast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. It was it was definitely it was it was crazy. It was crazy. I it's funny because you know, I, I I have the image, you know, in my mind from that night. You know, and then I have, you know, the the YouTube documentation, you know, which is so cool too, like that I can actually, you know, relive that moment. It was it was recorded, you know. I don't like like I remember it from my mind and like where my my, my eyes were seeing. It's crazy. And then, you know, being able to see it from, you know, the camera's perspective and, and, and it's 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 wild. I think um when I was singing, people people do ask this question like if it was like hard for me to continue singing after like I you know, I'm I'm singing that they're <laughs> They all turn around in, in the first few seconds of the song. Um, it was wild, man. I, I kind of closed my eyes a little bit. You can see all on, on this video, like when yeah. I when I first begin singing, and literally, like at, as I open my eyes, all I see are these just white lights, just like everywhere, and and the four of them staring right back at me and as I'm you know finishing the intro to the song. But the thing is, I. I mean, oh, like I'm like thinking about it right now. It was such an amazing moment. Um, but the the funny thing is, it actually made me super relieved because I'm like, all right, I got I got their attention. Like the hard part is over. Now I can just have fun, and and I was able to, you know, I I, I was able to get the crowd involved. It was like, yo, like, get them to clap. And yep, stuff. It yep. was it was just so much fun. It was like now I can just I can just freely perform. I can just have a good time. Um, and I've, I've got their full attention. They they get to like watch me just do my thing, you know, and 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 just be myself on stage. And it was it was so it was so much fun, man. I will, yeah. It's it's one of the probably one of the best moments. Yeah, you know, top ten moments in my life. Definitely. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Me and my wife are we still are big fans of the Voice. I'll never forget it, dude. Because I'm gonna be honest with you. I I saw the package. I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Never heard that <laughs> song before. I was, oh, yeah. I, again, I completely, I, I was a fanboy, dude. I got up. I was like, holy shit, man, <laughs> this is crazy. 
I, I've been waiting for a type of voice like yours on the show because, in my opinion, there hadn't been anyone like you on the show. And I'm talking not just your season. I'm talking about the four seasons before that. I mean, I was a big Javier Cologne fan from season one. But outside of that, man, I just I, I hadn't heard right, anything like that. Let me ask you this. You have, okay, so you got Adam Levine, man. You got Blake. You got CeeLo. You got Christina basically fighting over you. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be, there's got to be a point in your mind where you're thinking, all right, so I'm growing up in Bucks County. I'm singing in church. You know, friends are telling me, you got to do this. You got to do that. People are telling you about trying out for Idol one day or whatever have you. You just had these dreams as a kid. Now you're in that moment. Now you're in reality. You got four of the biggest performers on the planet fighting over you right now. What's going through your mind? at that point mm, man <laughs> it's it's funny bro like honestly like you can kind of see it even in the audition video i i don't say much man i honestly I don't yeah. i don't like i kind of i'm just there doing my best to soak up the moment and listen to that because it's like what like this is their their focus is on me right now like this is insane like i i get to you know watch them and they're like they're 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 vying for my attention right now which is right. like what like what they want me to 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 work with them and it's like what that's it's such a crazy experience like in my mind i'm i'm just like uh, listening um just trying to soak it in and and I, I feel like i was just so happy i was laughing the whole time you know because they were hilarious like the, the coaches they've got a crazy personalities man and then yeah. they're also they were all so different you know and adam like him jumping on his chair and stuff like it was just wild like i i had i literally had no other way to react except to to, to smile just pure joy christina coming up and giving me a hug blake and adam and and then you know shaking my hand and it was just crazy it was it was super wild and nothing that that i'd expected man you know it was it was an honor honestly to this day, hand to God, it's my favorite audition ever on The Voice. The performance, the judges' reactions, the crowd, the energy, it was just insane. It was awesome. I wanted to ask you this, okay? So you got all four judges. They turn around for you. Did you have a plan going in where you thought to yourself, all right, if everything works out the way I hope that it does and all four of these judges end up turning around for me, I'm going to pick Christina Aguilera. Did you already know that ahead of time? Or was it kind of one of those live-in-the-moment spur of the moment type of deals where you thought on it on the spot and you hadn't really spent too much time thinking about that. And you were just going to go with what your gut told you at that time. Or did you know ahead of time that you were going to pick Christina? Yeah, dude, it's kind of wild. Like I going into the show and, and into the audition, I, um, I thought, you know, I would probably pick Adam or CeeLo, honestly. And, and, you know, it was literally right before I was getting ready to step on stage, you know, the producers, they're, they're backstage. They're talking to us like, all right, are you ready? Like getting this hyped up, and, you know, pumped up for it. And she's like, all right, so you're going to get up there. She's like, they're all going to love you. Who are you going to choose? Like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, yeah, I think I'll probably pick Adam or CeeLo. And she's like, no, you're not. Well, you're going to stand up there. You're going to look for a coach that wants, that's going to fight for you. Because the thing is, you have like, you know, you make it, you, you might make it on the team, but then you still have to make it past like two rounds before America right. gets to vote for you. So you need to have a coach that's going to fight for you and that is passionate about you. And you need to listen and make sure that you pick the one that will do just that for you. And I'm like, wow, like that, there's no better wisdom, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I, you know, when I was up there, I, I just like, I kind of, yeah, I, after that, I kind of threw my plan out the window. I was just like, all right, let me just take this in. Let me think. And, you know, go with my heart feeling, you know, who's the most passionate 
um, about me. And, and I, I mean, honestly, well, Christina, she, she was hungry that season, man. Like she, I, my dream was to make her the first, you know, female winner, you know, on the voice, you know, but you know, for, I, I didn't make it far enough for that to happen, but it's, I mean, she was, yeah, she was an amazing coach. I learned so much from her, man. And just like, um, I'm honored, you know, that, that all four of them, you know, turned around. And I was able to choose her, man. I just, I felt like, you know, that boy, she came, she came up and gave me a hug, bro. Like, yeah. she's just like, she's like, yo, I guess. I would have been shell-shocked. I, I, I don't know what I would have done <laughs> at that point if I were you. Yeah. It was, that's it was that's Aguilera, dude. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know, man. I might have had a plan same as you. I might have said going into it, I, you know, I always picture in my mind that I could sing. And if, if it would have been me, I probably would have said, I'm going to go with Adam ahead of time. But Christina's coming up and fighting for me and hugging for hugging me. I, 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 I can't say no to that, man. So oh, you, man. you win in the battle round, okay? And with all due respect to Jacob Poole, it's kind of a vocal mismatch. And then you killed it in the battle round with Cosmic Love by Florence and the Machine. Your song choices throughout the show, especially early on, man, they were definitely interesting. Like I said, with your audition song, not necessarily a pop mainstream song that the whole entire public knows well, but it, it just came off. It, it was the performance was great. I had never, again, just like with your audition song, that was the first time I heard that. And I was blown away by that. Was that kind of intentional on your part that you said to yourself, I don't want to sing songs that are too mainstream popular. You know what I mean? Was that, was yeah. that, was that by design? Yeah, definitely. It was on, definitely on my heart to do something different. You know, as a young African-American kid, you know, like I feel like people kind of first, you know, picture me as just you know singing r&b or soul music which which i love i grew up on but i feel like you know growing up uh like i kind of made it made a decision um that i didn't want to sound like like everybody else it was funny like growing i i would get um a lot of comparisons to artists like neo or you know like i kind of look like him a little bit like that r&b stuff like that was that was everything that you know was kind of expected of me and just i guess the rebel in me and just wanting to be different just for, just for different sake. You know, I, I would, you know, I started to listen to a lot of more alternative bands, you know, things like, like, plays like Coldplay, like Radiohead, Arcade Fire, like all these, like, you know, just underground, like things that like people didn't really know much about, you know, but I fell in love with, with that type of music. And so when I got the opportunity, you know, to, to, you know, be on the show, I wanted to play, you know, bands and, and, and people that I guess, you know, artists that people didn't really know much about like obscure um musicians that wrote amazing music man and, and, and you know to be able to give them some shine and you know finally pay homage to them for for inspiring me you know to to really i don't know there's so many different ways to write an amazing song you know um there's so many ways to write a love song you know there's so many you know things to sing about you know and, and i always wanted to I, I love the things that that would stimulate my mind you know things that were a little deeper than just like your average love song which still i mean love songs are timeless. Like every, we're going to be singing them forever because love is, you know, the most <laughs> powerful right. emotion there is, you know, but there's, there's so many ways to to tell that story. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, you know, when I got a chance to, to perform, I was like, all right, Fall Out Boy is an awesome band. I love, I grew up on them too. You know, that whole record label fueled by ramen, like, you know, cats like Paramore and Jim Glass Heroes and Panic at a Disco, like all those guys, like I, they were, they were, they were my icons, you know? Um, and then Florence and Machine, like her voice is, she's insanity, bro. Like, and, you know, to be able to sing her song and, and you know, put, put my own spin on it, it was, it was an honor, man. You know, I, I felt like I wanted to, I wanted to do something different and something that would, that would surprise people as well. You know, like, yeah, this 
this young African-American Surprise kid. Surprise is an understatement, bro. You know? You're talking about, <laughs> well, I remember the, the performance. In fact, I watched it just early before this interview. And as you're performing the TV, I'm talking about the TV version of this, you see Blake Shelton there, like, kind of turns around, like, what's happening here? And CeeLo kind of <laughs> the same deal. It's like, they didn't expect that. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the way it came across anyway on TV for me. So you win all these rounds, okay? Now you're a finalist on the live shows. What's going through your mind during that time? I'm sure it's already daunting enough, and we've talked about this. It's like in a studio like that with an audience, some legends of music, TV cameras, stuff, all that. You've done that a couple times now. It's got to be a whole new animal knowing that you're going to be singing live, that this is being carried live. What Was, was that extra nerve-wracking for you or by that point were you getting kind of used to the process and you were able to relax yourself a little bit more? Dude, no, not at all. It did not get easier. <laughs> it was, it was definitely nerve wracking. Um, the live shows were, yeah, a whole nother animal. I remember being backstage and just like, because I was, I sang Miley Cyrus's "Wrecking Ball." Like, yeah, we're gonna talk song. about that in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Like going to the live shows, you know, it was, it was wild. Because yeah, man, like that's well first of all, everything lives forever now because of the internet, you know. Right. And like that's like in the back of your mind. Wow, if I mess up here like everyone's like it's gonna it's gonna be out there forever and then and it could be done for me you know if i don't if i don't put it all on the line if i don't leave everything on the stage you know tonight in this performance it could be my last performance you know and and so that's that's right there you know you're you're thinking about that like it's it's your motivation you know to to rehearse and uh, make sure you know your stuff man when you step on that stage because yeah, you're 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 in Americans' hands now. Yeah, you know? and yeah, your future is not is not certain. You know, you you don't have your your coach rooting for you. I mean, they're still rooting for you, but they're not in control of, of you. Right, know, they your... can't control anything. It's it's on the fans at that point. So the live playoffs, you mentioned it, Miley Cyrus. You do Wrecking Ball, and again, I know I sound like a broken record right now, but you killed that. <laughs> Judges loved Thank it. You, the live crowd was hyped. I had never heard that song performed like that before. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Was it your, whose call was it to do that song? Did you pick that song? Did Christina pick that song? Did someone else, who, who picked that song? Dude, the funniest thing in, in between filming, you know, for, for the knockouts and the battle rounds, we filmed, um, we filmed all that stuff, you know, right before the live shows, you know, airing on it during the summer. Um, and I spent a month with a friend in Redding, California, my friend, Alex, I, I went to high school with him. Um, and literally like, we would listen. We we would listen to to Wrecking Ball like like all because it was just such a good song, and we like we loved it. And we we're like, yo, what if? Because what the voice said, like when when you when they know that you you know you've made it, you know to to the live rounds, you've you know passed the live rounds, the knockouts. Um, you know we we write up a dream list of songs, you know that we would love to sing. And my boy Alex, he's like, yo, dude, what if you put Wrecking Ball down on there? And I was like. Bro, that song is like you think I can do that? Like that would be insane. Like that would be so crazy. And literally, like when 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 you know we we had um I had a conference call with Christina about the week before they flew us out, you know, to to get ready and rehearse for for the live shows. And you know we we decided you know that we were gonna come out of the gate with Wrecking Ball. And I was like, yo, all right, all right, <laughs> we're we're doing this. Like it's happening. And it was it was so crazy because I mean it was like there was a little bit of a risk with the song too because it was at the height of like all the controversy and craziness right. with her being naked on yeah. construction apparatus <laughs> like that was the talk I thought of, the of town, that too you know? yeah it was, <laughs> I, it was it was wild I, I'll tell you though I really wish 
I wish that season she could have been a judge because she was on the show later on as a judge. Yeah, it's, would have yeah, loved to right? have seen her face as you did that performance. I know I've heard she gave you know great compliments afterwards, and I and I read about those. But I would have loved to have seen her face live on TV as you were doing that song. <laughs> it would have been awesome. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, Miley, she's she's something else, man. She's been able to to recreate herself like over sure. the over the like. I mean, from Disney Channel, man, watching like yo, my little sister loved Hannah Montana, and so I would be forced to watch it with her. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, but Miley, she's she's got some talent, man. She's yeah. The highlight of your run, I I feel anyway, it was a week later, top twelve week. You did Hallelujah by. Leonard Cohen. To this day, I remember that performance, but I ain't never going to forget that. It was incredible. <sighs> feels like you were born to do that song. We just watched The Voice just a couple weeks ago, and that was the final song. The girl who won it sang that. Ah, look, man, oh, I'm, I'm not just saying this because you're on the podcast. It was great, but <laughs> yours was better. I'm just, listen, I'm, oh, I'm saying that, not you, so <laughs> we can leave that here. What was that song? I'm going to ask you the same thing as Wrecking Ball. How did that song come into play? Was that your choice? Was it Christina's choice? Someone else's? Yeah, dude, that was that was my choice as well. I mean, honestly, that that song it means so much to me, bro. I you can um, tell. Yeah, the first time I I sang it um, in front of a you know an audience was was actually for a benefit concert at a in in my neighborhood for a for a park that you know it needed it was it was kind of falling apart. It was just getting kind of run down, and so you know. Me and a few friends, you know, my friend Lily, she had the idea. It's like, yo, let's, because they were all friends from like my music theory class, like in high school. Like it was so funny. Like all, all of us got together. We, we, we curated the concert and raised, I think, a little over three thousand dollars, you know, to renovate wow. the park. Yeah. You know, and my friend Trisha, um, she, um, she's a musician too. She's, she's awesome. She, she, she went to school in Canada and then came back. She's in Philly. She's a Philly local artist. She's killing it. Um, but yeah, so she played guitar for me. I, I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't learned how to play guitar until, um, yeah, until I went to college. So, but, but yeah, she, she played guitar for me and I sang that song and I just, I mean, I'd always loved it. I think the first person to introduce it to me, aside from Shrek, cause Shrek was probably the, I didn't really know it at that point, but Shrek was probably the first time I heard the song really? was the, the, you know, the scene where, um, what I think it's like. It's like it's like the part where where Shrek and Fiona like they all break up. I love Shrek. It's a great it's a great movie franchise. So, but I think literally that was that was the first time I heard it. But my friend Dan Fell he'd introduced me to the Jeff Buckley version um, before I'd even heard the Leonard Cohen version. And that version just struck me, man. Yeah. And, and you know that's that's kind of the version that that I based um, my version on. Just the emotion. The it's 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 just such a beautiful song about you know brokenness and vulnerability and you know the the last line of the song you know and even though it all went wrong i'll stand before the lord in the song with nothing on my tongue but hallelujah it's it's like my life story you know <laughs> like because i'm not perfect i'll never be perfect right but, you know just the love of god man that like I'll, I'll stand before him with you know the highest praise of hallelujah and just be able to sing that from from a deep place a deep personal place in my heart you know on national television it was just i remember manner, your man. dad's reaction and this is what i was talking about earlier in this interview he the crowd's going nuts you know people like christina's getting ready to start talking and your dad you could see he's containing his excitement a little bit but then it kind of lets it out too it kind of like puts his fist in the air like kind of like a fist pump kind of thing, yeah. you know what i mean you could just tell you he couldn't he couldn't contain how excited he was and how proud he was of you at that moment was my point and it's just a it's a visual that stuck with me all through all these years i, I just thought it was one of my favorite moments on the show as far as that song okay it hits number one on the itunes charts and 
Number 40 that week on the Billboard chart. So no matter what happens to you for the rest of your life, if you never make a record <laughs> again, if you never perform again, no matter what happens, you have had a Billboard Top 40 hit now. How crazy was, or should I say, is man. that for you? Dude, I had words, words. I don't have them, man. It's it's insane. Like, for the voice to be able to give me that that type of, of, of experience and that that type of, like, I, I can put that on my resume. It's insane, like, forever. That's there. You know, that, that's, you know. Yeah, yeah man. And, like, for, for America to respond that way, for the world to, because, I mean, I, I, I get messages from people all over, all over the world, man, you yeah. know, whether it's on Facebook or on Twitter, like, on social media that people that have been impacted, you know, by that performance. And it's just, there's nothing, um, there's nothing better than that. Cause I mean, my life, you know, I, I was raised in life is about God and, and people, man. Like that's it. Like I, I want to love people and I want to, I want to spread that through my music and, and, you know, through the talent, you know, that I've been given. And it's just amazing, bro. Like I, I, words, words can't even express it. Like getting that type of validation, you know, from, from others, you know, hearing that, you know, my music has blessed them or helped them. And it's crazy, man. Yeah. So you end up on the show for another three more weeks. You get voted off. You finish, um, I believe, six. I'm going to ask you this because I have you on this podcast. I already know the answer, but I'm I'm going to say it anyway. Do you think that maybe because you were so dominant on the show and frankly, with nothing but respect to all the others, clearly a better singer to the point that I feel personally like voters kind of took you winning for granted. And dude, listen, I've been watching American Idol and The Voice, among other singing shows, pretty much from day one. And I've seen it happen many, many times. People like Chris Daughtry and Jennifer Hudson and Adam Lambert on American Idol, just to name a few. They were so good so early on. And so kind of in your face that I think fans got that feeling that either way, there's no way that they're not going to get voted through. So I ain't got to bother voting for them. Maybe I'll go vote for somebody else. Or I won't vote at all for that matter. Some people might think that people like you didn't even need to win. Diddle with, like I said, somebody like Adam Lambert, who doesn't win American Idol. I like Chris Allen. He's a good singer. But nobody on this planet is going to tell me that Chris Allen is a better singer than Adam Lambert. I mean, come on. So do you think like in an ironic way that being so good, so dominant on the show early on, ultimately kind of came back to hurt you a little bit as the weeks progressed? Wow, man. You know, I've never really thought of it that way, but that is definitely a pattern, bro. I, I remember like, so, I mean, I'd never actually voted like for any reality TV show. So like for the people that voted for me, like, yo, like, Thank you so much. You know, yeah. but yeah, it's it, it's crazy. But I think that is definitely a thing. You know that you can. I don't know. There there are artists that that you'll like and that you'll you know be like, oh, yo, they're that they're, they're also they don't need it. They'll yeah. be fine. There's no way like, they're losing. That, I'm busy. I'm not going to call. I'm not going to vote in. They're not <laughs> losing. They're not going home this week. But it does. It happens on every show and it happens every season. One or two people are clearly a front runner. You know, they just. It's not their performance that, that gets them voted off. It's that people just take it for granted that they're going to be safe. How closely do you get to actually work with the judges and the mentors on the show? I know a lot of it, and you talked a little bit about this at the top, and I talked about this with yeah. Elliot when I had him on the podcast. Some of it's for ratings. A lot of it is not just singing. It's about telling stories or things that they do for yeah. TV, stuff like that. How much time do you actually get to spend with the judges that you, you know, the people that you work with on the show? Yeah, so we spend maybe about like 
we get to see them about twice, two or three times a week. Like we, we have our, you know, time, um, with them when we are rehearsing, you know, figuring out, you know, exactly what song we're going to sing. And, you know, they do a lot of the coaching right there. And then, and then we see them, you know, usually before and, and, and after the show, um, when, when we're filming like the live shows. So it's, it's cool. Like we, we get to spend a, a good amount of time. Like sometimes they'll come on the bat and come backstage and like hang out in the tent, like the artist tent and stuff. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, obviously they're, they're, you know, superstars. They've got a lot going on in their careers sure. other than just, you know, the television show, you know? So like, we don't get to spend like a whole bunch of time with them. Right. <laughs> I mean, any, any, any moment with them is, is, is valuable, man. Cause they've, you know, I've just, you know, speaking Christina, like her, her experience in this industry, she's been in it since she was a little kid, you know, the, the Mickey Mouse club. Right. You know? <laughs> so she's, she's seen a lot. You know, and, and, you know, just being able to, to, to be under her wing was, was an awesome experience. You know, the time they got to spend with her, it was, it was a blessing, man. Take fans a little bit inside the show here. What's a typical production schedule like for you while you're on The Voice? Like, obviously, you sing live on the Monday shows, and then Tuesdays would be the elimination, the voting results show. Like, how does the rest of the week go typically when you're on the show? I'm sure it varied a little bit from week to week. But generally speaking, what's a typical week like on The Voice? yeah um so yeah we you know the show days that's monday and tuesday um but then um yeah wednesday i think we actually yeah we usually get our songs like the next um like song selection like we would we would talk with the producers and, and figure out you know exactly what song we, we wanted to sing we would figure that out in between wednesday and thursday sometimes you know we would get it right away you know by wednesday it was like all right i want to sing this song you know they would see if they can clear it um and then you know the rest of the week is, is a lot of rehearsal we have um like in, in addition to to the coaches um you know the the four coaches that you know you see on on tv we have like also like a vocal coach that you know helps us you know individually you know with with different things you know to to really help us personalize the songs as well you know on top of everything that that the coaches are telling us and giving us pointers on which is awesome it, it definitely helps a lot but yeah a lot of it is just rehearsing and, and a lot of it is also like just ha- hanging out with the contestants with the other contestants like all right my season like we became like a family, man. And, and uh, people like, they say that a lot of these TV shows, but like, and I don't know how true it is for everyone else, but like, honestly, like I still keep in touch with like everyone on my season, you know, like from... I did see that. There seemed like a lot of nice <laughs> people on that, ep- uh, from that season. I remember Cole dude, and Will. Was, Tess, uh, I remember dude, some of them. Yes. Yes. It was so much fun, man. And I feel like all of us, it was funny. All of us like loved alternative stuff too, which is so cool. Like James, like James saying what his blind audition was love interruption by, uh, oh, wow. Why am I forgetting his name? Jack White. Yeah. And like, he's saying, Mr. Brightside by the Killers and Jackie, like she, you know, that was my little assessment. We still talk. Like she's, she's, the, she's the best. And Will, Will's like just an insane Will Champlin. He was my, my knockout round partner, but he was my roommate for a little bit too. And and you know, in the hotel where we were staying, and then Tessan, you know, from just from Jamaica, like just, just the amazing the best test you know she's literally yeah, just she nice. amazing she's like my big sister man she and it was so cool because after the show we got to you know do a bunch of concerts together we did um an event in, in jamaica um to to benefit a children's hospital out there and i you know met shaggy and you know we worked on a song together like it's, it's it was crazy you know like we, we i think we all really wanted to help each other succeed as well you know, like on top of the success that we'd gotten individually from from the voice like collectively we all wanted to see each other do well you know and there were never any hard feelings like if anyone got eliminated like we were just you know like i'll see you later you right. know and and we just kind of you know maintain that that friendship so you mentioned the music alternative different 
styles of music on The Voice. I feel like everything's a competition, including American Idol and The Voice. They're two different shows. And one of the things that kind of drew me to The Voice, and as the seasons went on, I became a bigger fan of The Voice than Idol, is that on Idol, I felt like I heard the same songs every season. They were sung by different mm-hmm. people, obviously, maybe a little bit of a different twist on them. But The Voice had a lot more different styles of music, songs that weren't necessarily top 40 pop on the radio hits, a lot of alternative music, like you said. And I think that's kind of what set, started to separate The Voice from American Idols. I think the music overall, the selection, the, the genres of music were better on The Voice. That was one thing about the show that I've always liked. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's super cool, bro. There's a lot of artists that actually like, broke from their songs being on The Voice. Like I don't know if you remember um, uh, my season, Cole, Cole Vosbury, he sung Let Her Go. By oh, Adam yeah, Messenger. big time. I remember it, 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 you know, the funniest thing, yo, I was like, Yo, Cole, you have to sing this song because I'd listened to Passenger like I'd fell in love with him, you know, uh, uh, a few months before when we were on the show and Let Her Go was like such a dope song. And they were like, they were like kind of, they were pushing because like, yo, Cole, like this is a great song. She's looking, it's kind of in your wheelhouse. It's like, yo, dude, you need to sing that song. And when Cole sang it, like literally like everyone fell in love with that song. It was awesome. Before you knew it, it was on the radio. Like no one really heard about Passenger until... Cole's singing on the voice, which is it's wild, you know. It's, it's it's so cool. Like people can, you know, get discovered, you know, on, on that show. And I think it's it's a beautiful thing. I think the voice has um a very a very good like community aspect to that. Like they love, you know, people that are in the industry and they want to give everyone a shot, you know, whether you are a you know young vocalist and and then you know you're getting your shot on the tv show or whether you're a young artist like that's breaking up and coming and they're like yeah we'll put your song on the show like the producers are awesome that way you know and, yeah you know I, artists are able to get some shine through that that's a perfect example there that passenger letter go song because i had never heard it i love that song and i'm not trying to pile on american idol because i love american idol too but like those type of songs oh, yeah. i would never hear on american idol i'd hear the same songs over and over like i said just sung in different ways did you ever have a song that you wanted to sing, but you weren't able to get it cleared or it didn't happen for whatever reason? Yeah. Well, I mean, there were some Michael Jackson songs that I definitely wanted to sing that could yeah. not be cleared. He's he's like the hardest one to, to get clearances for. But the coolest thing my season was that I was able to sing uh, a Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson medley with Christina and Jackie, which was like, you know, one of the coolest moments on the show. Like we sang, uh, pressure by uh, michael jackson and um and and janet jackson and, and black cat you know it was, it was so cool like what like being able to see michael on on national tv like it was it was super wild man like yeah. it yeah dude uh man <laughs> it was let me ask you this what kind of person is christina aguilera many fans and I'll tell you this, and I'm going to be honest with you okay if i was having if you weren't on this podcast right now and me and my buddy were talking about season five of the voice. And I was being honest with you. I would say that many fans, myself included, and definitely my wife, by the way, think that you would have won the show with your eyes closed. Had you chosen Blake or Adam as your coach? I'm being completely <laughs> honest with you, man. And I'm listen, I know you ain't going to throw shade at Christina Aguilera. I certainly wouldn't. She's an icon. What kind of person uh, is she? Yeah. I mean, what kind of person is Christina, man? She's, well, she's beautiful, bro. Yeah. inside and out i'll say that number one it was it was really cool i feel like i was able to to meet her at a very interesting time in her life you know she just had um her first child and you know she you know she was in a very maternal state you know and i feel like she was kind of like 
a mama lion. You know, I was the youngest guy on the on the on the show, and then uh, Jackie uh, mm-hmm. was the runner up um, on the show. She was the youngest girl. You know, and it was it was so cool, man. I mean, she she's business, she's professional, and she she's nurturing as well, man. You know, I I I can't I can't throw any shade at her. I don't even have anything shade to say. You know, she's she was always she was always kind. You know, and and, and loving towards me. You know, um, and I think like it's it's interesting. I mean, I I understand like. For me, I think um, like there was like a bit of a shift, you know, uh, on the show. Like um, the further we got along, I feel like you know, I I just kind of I kind of felt it that she was you know leaning more towards making Jackie the 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 front runner for for the team. Right. Which I mean, I it just you know it happens sometimes, you know. And honestly, I think it was because Christina saw a lot of herself in Jackie, and I think she you know they they became you know really close just because Jackie you know she was so young and Christina was so young when she you know, started making her way through the industry. So, I mean, honestly, I just, I kept doing my best, like, and, and just, you know, putting my best foot forward no matter what, you know, regardless of, you know, how, how feelings may change, you know, throughout the show. I mean, it's it's a competition. And the coaches, they have to, you know, like, at the end of the day, like, if I, how they feel, you know, about about contestants on their team, like, that's that's them, you know. But, yeah. um, and, and, you know, on the show, like, I I took every opportunity, you know, that, that I could and I, and I made the most of it, you know, and I just, I had an amazing time and I, and I gleaned a lot from Christina. She's, she's an awesome woman, an awesome performer. Um, and, you know, I really learned, you know, how to, I'd be myself on stage and how to really, how to really convey a song, you know, sure. to her. she's an amazing, amazing performer. Sure. One of the you best. Know, just, so Honestly. because of competing on The Voice, you've been able to share the stage with, among others, people like Diana Ross, who's a legend, Shaggy, Florida, <sighs> Neo, many others. Do you ever get those pinch yourself moments when it comes to stuff like that? Sometimes even looking back at it right now as we're having this conversation, you ever just pinch yourself and be like, yeah, I've, I've been able to do this. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's wild. I've You know, I've run into the problem sometimes of not taking you know, time to smell the roses, you know, a lot of times I'll just be so in the moment right. that like, I don't even really like take the time to, to appreciate it as long as I show it, or take a step back. Like after it's over to be like, Whoa, that, that actually happened. Like, like, yeah, I was able to do a private event with, with Diana Ross opening up for her. It was like, yo, it's Diana Ross. Yeah. Like, what? You know, like she's the queen. Like oh man, it was amazing, and then you know performing with Shaggy and and, and, and on the same stage as like Sean Paul and 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 Neil, that was all in, in Jamaica. That was amazing. Cause Sean Paul, I think his CD, The Trinity, was like the first album I ever bought. Like as I think I was in like sixth or seventh grade, and like I I love Sean Paul. <laughs> I was yeah. my dude, and to be able to meet him and 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 perform on the same stage as him, man, it was it was wild. And 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 you know working with guys like Mike Posner, you know he, you know. He, he he just put me on his on his latest album like it's wild like I'm a feature on his album like it's it's just so crazy, um you know being able to to, to share the stage and, and 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 you know be able to make make art with these kinds of people is just is wild and yeah flow rider too and DNCE like what the Jonas Brothers are killing it right now like it was just like two years ago I was on I was on the same stage opening up for for Joe Jonas and DNCE like it's just just crazy and, and flow rider like it's super wild man i i I don't pinch myself enough i don't think i I need to i need to take a step back yourself more dude man (laughs) man, i'm telling you tell us a little bit about the baby step cp and what do you got planned for your future like what can matthew schuler fans expect going forward yeah man um so going for like baby steps that 
the EP, it's it, it's near and dear to my heart, man. We're actually we're working on some promotional um, things for that right now. You know, I still want to um, do a little some radio campaigns. So we're working with with a with a guy in Nashville and and, and, a, and a company in Minneapolis called Tinderbox. You know, they've they do they've done you know underground like radio campaigns for cats like Imagine Dragons and Twenty One Pilots, just to name a few. You know, like got their start with with these guys. So I'm super excited, you know, to be able to you know really push the music because the thing is, I was you know planning on 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 being a part of the uh, the residency that the Voice was doing in Las Vegas, the Voice Neon Dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, the the they had to halt production on the show after uh, the Hard Rock Hotel was recently acquired by virgin records so they they like literally bought the hotel um and the voice like we done they done so much promotion for the show um we'd already been you know we were on billboards and in, in yeah Vegas. i remember that we'd i heard of back. it yeah <laughs> yeah it was crazy you know we'd been back on the show to, to promote it um and yeah the, it ended up flowing through so we ended up um after that i had signed with a booking agent and did a, a little bit of touring and you know i've been just working on some new music right now um, and I just want to continue to, to promote baby steps, um, you know, and just because there's some songs in there, man, that 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 whole creative process, you know, when writing that EP, it was about, you know, the time in between, um, you know, the voice and, and just what I've what I've learned and how I've growing and how like learning about the industry, sometimes the hard way, you know, with different relationships, having to, you know, you know, burn some bridges, you know, honestly, just some some relationships that, you know, I felt like weren't. Um, like I wasn't going in the direction that I wanted to go. Right. Um, and, and it's tough, you know, like you, you're in the industry, you never want to make enemies, you know, but you know, sometimes you really have to have to find your, you know, you know, not to like, no pun intended, find your voice, you know, right. and, and really understand what you want out of your career and not allowing, you know, others to, to kind of steer you away from that. So a lot of the songs on there, you know, about like the, the closing track, take me as I am is like all about the, you know, like me, really finding myself and wanting to be accepted for who I am (laughs) as an artist, you know, and in my dreams and not just being another, I don't know, puppet of the industry, you know, just doing whatever's, you know, necessarily just going to sell. Like, I don't want to just like, obviously I want to make a career out of this. I'm making a career out of it. You want to make money, but what's the, you know, what's the cost that you're really, you know, paying for that? Like, are you selling a piece of your soul just, you know, for, for an extra dollar, you know? So so yeah, man. I mean that I'm I'm doing some writing right now as well. You know, I want to release some new stuff um, before the year is out in 2019. I'm actually releasing um a single on actually at the end of this week on 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 Saturday. Um, it's actually a gospel song that I'd written before I even went on The Voice, like about six. Yeah, I mean yes, it's like a, it's six years old this song now, and I just finally felt led to to put it out now. Um, there's a lot of people, you know, online that that you know wanted to to hear this song from me. Like there was a YouTube video that me and a, in and two friends, my friend uh, Dan, who I've written a lot of my music with. He's just a musical genius, dude. He's like Mozart. He actually he was actually with me for my my auditions for for the show. Um, he played you know piano for me at my callback. You know, he's just been there for. I was the best man in his wedding. Like he's just been there for me. Um, cool. So we're writing some stuff right now, but. Um, Last question here, Matthew, then I'm going to let you go. I know you got a lot of stuff going on and I really appreciate your time. So you've done it, man. You have been on the big stage. You've been on network TV. You've sang in front of the world. There might be, in fact, I'm sure there will be plenty of people listening to this podcast who are younger aspiring singers. And maybe it's his or her dream to be the next superstar on American Idol or The Voice or a show like that. For those people out there listening who have those dreams and those aspirations, What's the best advice 
that you, as somebody who's done it before, what's the best advice that you could give them? Well, um, advice that I would give them meant follow your heart, you know, inevitably <laughs> don't, um, don't be swayed by, by what others, you know, I guess what, what, what they see, um, when they look at you, you know, you have to know what, 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 what you see when you look in the mirror, you know, you have to fight for that, you know, make sure that, that you're always true to yourself, you know, and that you go with your gut, you go with your heart. Um, cause I think music is, it's such an amazing medium to, to communicate, you know, stories and, and, and our experiences, you know, in this life, you know, and I think every person has a valid story to share, you know, and I think it's important to, to fight for those stories, to fight for, for your, once again, your voice, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and I would just say, um, take advantage of every opportunity. Do not let, you know, the beautiful things that happen in your life pass you by. Um, and just make sure that, you know, that you thank others and that your, your career is about others. You know, because one person that, you know, told me something, if you're, the, if you're the only one that benefits the most from your dream, then your dream is not a dream. It's, it's just a scheme, you know, so making wow. sure that, that the things that you're doing, it's, it's other centric. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's the advice I would give. That's solid advice, my friend, for real. All right, everyone, give Matthew a follow on Twitter at Matthew Schuler with an underscore at the end. And check out his website, officialmatthewshuler.com. I'll drop a link to that as well in the show notes. You can go there for news, music, contact information, everything else. Dude, this was awesome, man. I really appreciate it. I'm a big fan of yours. I was a big fan back in 2013. I'm even a bigger fan now after having you on the show. Thanks for doing the podcast, man. Really appreciate you. Man, Patrick honor bro i really appreciate you i mean you said i'm the first you know person from the voice to be on the podcast and then only the second musician to be on the podcast you know second ellie i mean i watched when i was growing up watching american idol so yeah man it's an honor i really appreciate you hi my name is matt cundall and this portion of the moranalytics podcast is powered by my company mattcundallvoice.com if you need a voice for your company videos, narration, e-learning, maybe it's your radio or TV ad, or even your phone system, consider using my voice to tell your story. I'm not only a sponsor of this podcast, I'm also a regular listener, wrestling fan, and longtime supporter of the Buffalo Bills. For more, check out mattcundlevoice.com or click on the link in the show notes. All right, boys and girls, that is going to do it for this episode. Big Big thank you to one of my favorite singers, one of my favorite singers ever on any TV reality singing show, one of my favorite singers, period, Matthew Schuler, Awesome dude, man. That was great. Between having him on, Elliot Yami from American Idol a couple weeks ago, two bucket list guys when it comes to reality singing that I really wanted to have on this podcast, kind of going beyond just sports every now and then. Thought that was fun. That was a fantastic interview. Really great guy. Very humble. Very well-spoken. And what else can you say about his singing ability? Put it this way. Anyone out there who could sing good enough that Christina Aguilera, of all people, are fighting over you to have on her team, you know you got it. You know? Awesome. Good stuff, man. Thanks a lot, Matt. Speaking of Matt, coming up on the show next Tuesday, I'll have Matthew Fairburn from The Athletic. 
He's going to be my guest. It's been over a year since I've had Matt on. We'll talk about his last year over at The Athletic. In fact, when he was first on this podcast last year, he hadn't started there yet. So we'll talk about that transition for him, what it's been like over this past year. We'll talk some Buffalo Bills, of course. Talk about his upcoming wedding next weekend. My man's getting married. Tons of good stuff there. In the meantime, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast if you have not already. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere future award-winning podcasts are found. You also, by the way, can have a chance. I talked about this briefly at the top. Have a chance to win a nice prize pack, three t-shirts, courtesy of our friends over at Identity Inc. All you got to do, go to my Twitter page, at Tweets. Check out the tweet that's pinned at the very top of my page about the prize pack giveaway. And all you got to do is like that tweet. Like the tweet, subscribe to the podcast. If you already are subscribed, unsubscribe, and subscribe again. That's all you got to do. Who knows? Maybe you'll win. Don't forget, by the way, to throw a little bit of love to Identity Inc. as well. It's really cool them to sponsor this contest. You can follow them on Twitter. It's on that tweet, at Identity Inc. 716. Go check out their website, identityinc.com. You'll find a ton of cool Buffalo merch. You'll find a lot of things that you can do, custom stuff that you can get for yourself, for your business. Lots of good things there. Have a good weekend, everyone. As always, I really, truly appreciate each and every single person who listened to this podcast. It means a lot to me. Get out there this weekend. Enjoy that nice summer weather. We'll have plenty to talk about next week. I'll catch you on the flippity flip. Bye.